of the show and it's not your typical kind of tuesday i am your host matt matera joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com k huddy casey hudson and as everyone can see on the screen right here if you're watching on youtube if you're listening via spotify itunes or wherever else podcasts can be found it says brady dolphins tampering fallout we will talk about practice and training camp and everything that happened today but there was even more breaking news once practice was done and casey we have some drama Drama. there are no two ways about it we have some drama we've been talking about we've been talking yeah it could not be chill i mean it was scorching hot outside i'm not complaining because again grateful to be out there but, you know, we were sweating profusely out there today. Oh. And we finally cool off a little bit, and then things <laughs> just heated up again, just in a different way, this time with the Tom Brady-Miami Dolphins saga. The storyline that just won't go away and keeps up picking up more steam. Uh, Casey, how you doing? How, how have you recovered? And is your head just spinning right now? Because I know mine is a little bit. As you say, my head is just spinning because, as you said, training camp was hot. We love what we do. We're so grateful. Yes. I, it could be the worst day ever, and it's just like, thank God that this is, this is our life. But in the same sense, the seven layers of, of sweat on my skin, the clothes that I'm just, like, drenched in. <laughs> like, I had so many things to do, so I thought I was being proactive and taking off right after training camp was done, taking the world's best shower, which is always post-training camp. And then before I even make it to the shower, it's like breaking news, rumors, true, rumors, lucidly true, all this stuff. And here we are back lucidly to <laughs> here we are back That's to the the epic saga of Tom Brady and the Miami Dolphins. Like why the Dolphins are trying to become this team that just like infiltrates on all the drama and and boys club. Yep. Yeah, you know, someone was saying that, you know, the the Dolphins are reaching Cleveland Browns slash Washington Commodores commandos uh, type of levels with just <laughs> all the crap that's been going on. So for those that might not know or might not know all the information of what went on, so shortly after Bucks training camp and all the press conferences and everything. We spoke to a couple different players and, of course, Todd Bowles today. Uh, the NFL came out with a large document with breaking news that they have uh, pretty much penalized the Miami Dolphins for a number of things, for essentially tampering. They are taking away the Miami Dolphins' 2023 first-round pick and their 2024 third-round pick. They're finding the team $1.5 million, which to an owner, maybe not as much, but to most people, a lot of money. Uh, their owner, Stephen Ross, is suspended until October 17th. And also Bruce Beal, uh, their Dolphins team vice chairman, 
he got fined five hundred thousand dollars, and he is also not allowed to attend any NFL meetings for the rest of the year in 2022. Now, the reason that they've got all these penal, uh, penalties and fines and strip of draft picks is for tampering, and that's where Tom Brady comes into play. So as the report goes, there is a whole investigation of everything that went on, and it was discovered that the Miami Dolphins have been tampering trying to get Tom Brady on their team since uh, the 2019 and 2020 season. So this goes back a couple years, and then that continued – with Tom Brady uh, being on the Bucks in the 2021 season. So we are talking about years of tampering, of trying to get Tom Brady out from the AFC East where he played with the Patriots and out Person. from one part of Florida to try to get him to another part of Florida to become their starting quarterback. Uh, initially, though, it didn't start with the quarterback. It, the, the initial talks and the tampering went with uh, Brady – to join the Miami Dolphins as a football executive, and who knows how that role would have expanded from there. And there was the possibility, the potential, that he could be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. So, ipso facto, this has been going on for, you know, three years now. Uh, some Bucks fans are a little hurt about it because, you know, he played with the Bucks over the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everything was, you know, Peaches and cream, roses, you know, everything great because they won a Super Bowl and had a very successful team. Um, But he was talking with the Miami Dolphins, and it turns out that a lot of those reports where some we agreed with, some we didn't necessarily, uh, it's true. He was talking to the Dolphins. And so it's big news. It doesn't directly affect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but obviously it's a story starting quarterback, so we definitely have to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. And it's just... It's kind of the icing on top of the cake that you don't want. You know, the last week has been plenty between Jensen and then there was a small little scare with Worfs today. And then to close out the the practice and everything comes this Tom Brady news. But it's just like, it's just like in comparison to to an awful dating situation. You know, Tom Brady's been over here maintaining conversation, like keeping the hopes and the engagement alive of, of, of the dirty girl down South. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're supposed to pretend like we're your priority. Like that's, that's tough. So yeah, Bucks fans are going to be kind of pissed about it. And then to add to it, you give this whole retire, unretire scare at the yeah. top of the year. So it's just like Brady, I get it. 45 has got to be a scary age, but the drama has just got to digress at this point. Um, I'd say maybe like the, positive or maybe the silver lining the silver lining thank you is that these conversations did start while he was at the Patriots and whether people have picked up on it by now or not we know that the last couple of seasons of of Brady in New England were just not it they're regardless of how the narrative unwound when when Brady left the Patriots you know that there was something weird going on between him Belichick and Kraft you know so maybe this was a desperate situation that just you know amplified then he thought it was a good idea couldn't really find his way out of the situation or to minimize it or to navigate through it and then it just continued forward but he just had he's always been a vague response guy so there's nothing you can really pinpoint him to and the good news is that he won't be penalized because of this situation. Yes, that's very important to uh, to point out for everyone is 
one, a tampering thing only deals with teams. It doesn't deal with individual players. So you don't have to worry about Brady getting suspended or fined or anything like that because he was under contract with the Bucks when, you know, when this was going on. So there's, there's no uh, issues on the Bucks end or no issues with, with Tom Brady having to uh, get suspended or anything of that nature. This isn't the flake gate or, or anything like that. Do want to give a shout out to uh, some fans, some pewter people in the chat. Tom was a Tom Bucks fan. Quick to remind that the Bucks <laughs> defeated the, the Miami Dolphins last season, 45 to 17 uh, in a blowout game. Rich Spitz from Spitz on Sports Radio. I've been a guest on his show uh, multiple times throughout the year in this offseason. He says hi. Hey, Rich, thanks for watching. Really appreciate it. But you did mention that Tom Brady did speak about this. So there's also two other parts of this that we will talk about. Uh, one was, of course, these rumors have been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. So Brady at Bucks Minicamp in June, I believe the date was June 9th, uh, Brady was asked about whether uh, uh, whether he had discussions with the Dolphins and, and what went on with that. And as you said, Casey, he was very vague when it came to answering. He said he had conversations with multiple people in general, but, you know, he's excited about this. He's excited about playing with Mike Evans. He's excited about playing with Russell Gage. You know, Brady at times can be the ultimate filibuster, and that's kind of what he did in this situation. I'm going to pull up the video in just a moment if this technology will work with me, but we will play that video for you in a uh, in a matter of moments. Just Pulling up the YouTube now. The beauty of uh, stories during this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think you guys can see the screen here. Mm -hmm. Let's go with... Nope. That works. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that one. That <laughs> one works pretty good. And here's Tom Brady when asked about the Miami Dolphins to uh, him to the Miami Dolphins rumors. Yeah, a part of the Miami Dolphins in, in any situation, in any circumstance. Any truth to those reports, Tom? About me going to jo joining the Dolphins in any capacity. I mean, it's again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people as i've had for the last three or four years in my career about you know different opportunities around them playing football so um you know i kind of made a decision of what i'd like to do you know i'll be i'll get to be in the game of football and i think for me the most important thing is where i'm at now and you know what i hope to do for this team that's, that's been my commitment to you know this this team and organization it's been so much fun for me to come here two years ago it's been almost two and a half years now. And uh, it's been an incredible part of my football journey. And it's not over, we still got a lot to accomplish. So I got a long life ahead and, um, you know, there's a lot of fun things to do ahead. I'm looking forward to what's ahead um, in football. But at the same time, you know, none of us are promised much beyond what we have now. And this is the current moment. And I'm really excited about going out there to try to compete. There you have it. Tom Brady uh, being the, the usual filibuster that he can be. And uh, for those that maybe didn't hear it or didn't catch all of it, I'll just, I'll just read it for you as well. He said, again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people as I've had for the last three or four years in my career about different opportunities when I am done playing football. 
I kind of made a decision of what I'd like to do. I'll get to be in the game of football. I think the most important thing is where I'm at now, what I hope to do for this team that has been my commitment to this team and organization. Uh, it's been so much fun since I came here two years ago. It's been almost two and a half years now. And it's been an incredible part of my football journey. And it's not over. We've still got a lot to accomplish. I've got a long life ahead, and there are a lot of fun things to do ahead. I'm looking forward to what's ahead in football. It says ahead a lot. Uh, but at the same time, none of us are promised much beyond what we have now. And this is the current moment I'm really excited about going out there and trying to compete and win a championship. So he's kicking the can down the road, essentially, in terms right. of, uh, you know, he just wants to focus on the Bucks. He doesn't want to get into, you know, everything that's, uh, that, that went on there. But I, I think it's important to talk about because there is one more piece to this puzzle. Or, but wait, there's more, uh, as they say. <laughs> Obviously, the Brian Windhorst uh, meme, when he's pointing, he's like, but what does this mean? Uh, there's one last piece of this puzzle, and that is that the Dolphins also got in trouble for tampering with Sean Payton, yep. the former New Orleans Saints coach. Now, what's the connection there? What does it all mean? I was thinking <laughs> of Austin Powers. What is it all about? Uh, Sean Payton's agent... Is Don Yee. Tom Brady's agent, also Don Yee. So you take a little bit of this, you take a little bit of that, you put it together, and you got Sean Payton coaching in Miami <laughs> and Tom Brady as an executive who may or may not come out. Yeah, may or may not be the quarterback. Yeah. I'll tell you, a year ago, doesn't sound too exciting to be the Dolphins quarterback, but then they get Tyreek Hill and their defense is a little bit better. Um, but that was. A lot to take in, a lot of connecting the dots and getting all this information in there. And Back Tom Brady. And another thing, Casey, a lot of what we talked about yesterday, either in person at practice or on the on the podcast, was that Tom was not in a good mood yesterday. He was oh, not very he was cheery. This mood. Yeah. Outside of the Stephen Shea, shout out to him again, the Giovanni Bernard uh, impersonation or whatever you want to call it. He was not in a good mood, but Casey, I think we found out why. I think it had something to do with these yeah. uh, with these reports and findings that have come out. And I think it's probably why he spoke yesterday and not today or tomorrow or oh, whatever's next. A hundred percent, because you know these guys always kind of have a heads up when shit's about to hit the fan, and you know it has. Again, the fortunate parts being that he can't be, you know. Tom's not going to be compromised because of what happened here. There's no punishment on his end. And as you mentioned, I think is kind of a key point. Sean Payton was involved in this too. Um, yeah. But the minute that Tom came in, especially for it to be the first presser of training camp, you got a completely different guy last season compared to like this season entering training camp. He was even more clip than normal. Um, he seemed very just like, maybe easily triggered even there was some questions where he just really hit the one line as if it was, you would have thought that he just got done with the Rams game all over again. Like we thought a few times that he maybe was just going to step away from the table and call it. So of course that was now all makes sense. Um, I will kind of say to the fans that are, you know, upset about this or you know all of a sudden it feel like Tom Brady doesn't need to be the quarterback here because he doesn't want to play here I don't think I would look into it that deep I think 
especially because like I have friends that play in the NFL and stuff. You guys have to realize like there's conversations always taking place of like what's next. There's always this what's next thing to make sure that money and stability and and safety is always going to be a thing. So I think that this just shines a light on how crappy things really were in New England because the conversations did start there and they didn't start at the end of, you know, his final season. They didn't even start in the middle. According to James Palmer, this started in August of 2019. So Tom was already trying to find his next move. This also is also a guy who he hasn't played for a bunch of different teams. So he hasn't had to be in that negotiating stage of, of his career that often. So he's always, you know, played in Michigan. Then he played for the Patriots. And then all of a sudden he has to figure out his next move before he's ready to call it. Maybe he just didn't handle the pressure. Well, I don't take that as a personal, you know, he doesn't care about Tampa Bay thing. He doesn't really care about the Bucks thing. I think he does care about the Bucks. He came here. He gave the Bucks something, you know, to add to their, to their list of accolades, another Super Bowl trophy to add to the case. I don't think that this is also dismissive or disrespectful to the players on his team, because I'm sure to some degree, there was a little bit more transparency between him and his teammates just because he's clipped with the media doesn't mean that he's sitting there, you know, not having real communication with the guys that he has to have relationship with on the field in order to have success. So I wouldn't blow this too far out of proportion to say that he doesn't care about Tampa Bay and stuff. And then the reality of it is the guy retired for 41 days at the end of that retirement. When he decided to come back, he made a decision to come to Tampa Bay. He didn't decide to go to the dolphins. He didn't decide to entertain any of the, um, offers that they were putting out there for him. Mm-hmm. He decided to come back and play for Tampa Bay. And if anybody could have taken a financial hit to commit to something else, it's Tom Brady between him and Giselle. These people have no, no need to lock yeah. themselves into anything financially that they have no care in the world for. So for the people that are going to be like, Oh, well, he only came back because you know, the contract and you know, the coaches and Jason Lydon and Bruce Arians would have made him pay for it if he ended up not coming back and stuff. I don't think it's that detrimental. So the conversations more than likely cease and desisted when he decided to come back and play for the Bucks. And at that point, I don't think you're quitting on your teammates. I think that he made a decision. He made a commitment and he's here right now in Tampa Bay to do just that. Yeah, that's a great point, Casey. I think it's important because, you know, we see all the time a player gets cut or a very notable player gets released from a team. And it's always, well, you know, that's the business. The business can be tough sometimes. But, okay, well, now a player wants out or a player wants to find somewhere else. Well, then everyone gets all up in arms and they're mad at that individual. But it's the same thing. It's still a business. It's still mm-hmm. the game. But when it's just an organization, it's not an individual person that you can kind of really point your finger at and be angry to then it changes that much. So I don't, I don't knock Brady for like trying to find the best situation for him. What I will say though is, and I don't think it'll be an issue for the bucks at all too. Cause again, as you said, like he could have just retired, you know, he didn't have, he could have done many other things like the Fox deal, another movie, whatever it is. Yeah. If he wants to keep playing football though, he pretty much for the most part would have had to play with the bucks. Cause he was still, under contract and i just remember like the combine when bruce harris was still the coach and they were like what would you actually give up tom brady for if you actually could and he said maybe five first round draft picks he made it steep yeah because he kept saying it's bad business bad business just to give up tom brady for absolutely nothing and who knows like they obviously knew a lot more than us and the reporters about tom having an inkling 
of coming back, but he wants to come back. You think Tom Brady's going to return to playing football and just be like, eh, I don't really vibe with you guys anymore. So I'm, but I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm just going to show up on Sundays and like, hopefully we win. No, he's going to be more aggravated than anyone. If the bucks don't get, you know, double digit wins or like if they miss the playoffs this year, and I'm not predicting that to happen. You think Tom Brady would be like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. I've had a good career and, and that's all. That's it. You know, it, our, our time ran out. No, he's yeah. going to be super pissed. He's coming back. He's coming back to win. And mm-hmm. he's coming back to play with a very, very, very good football team. Uh, and think about give, all the recruiting yeah. that he's done. Like, Exit, just Russell to bounce off of what you're saying, like, yeah. to decide to come back to Tampa, to decide not to jump through a, bo- a bunch of hoops to get out of the contract or try. You know what I mean? Like, then he turns into, like, the ultimate recruiting officer or built off the recruiting officer that he was when he came in and stuff. So here's the other thing. And everyone's not going to love this opinion. It is what it is. It's just perspective. Um, half of the perspectives I give on here, it doesn't mean that it's my opinion. It's just helping give a different point of view. But another perspective is you don't know how many of these players are really in love with Tom Brady. There's some people that just want to play with Tom because of the results that he produces. And that's it. So mm-hmm. there is a business side to this where, everything's all hunky dory and chemistry fires off on the field and they're just not they don't really like click or they don't hang out or they don't really care about each other off the field that's another part of the business aspect of this where it's like there could be players who aren't affected by this because they're just ready to put themselves in the best position possible to win another ring and tom brady's the guy to do it yeah i mean there's no other quarterback that i think most people would rather have but yeah, I'm sure it could be intimidating playing for someone like that because you know, because you don't want to let him down. You know, he's the he's the greatest of all time, but and, mm-hmm. but he's earned that. He, he's earned that right for a reason. And you know, we talked about that Brady was a little unhappy yesterday, and it, it's probably because of everything that was going on. There's also a chance that maybe he was just hungry after a practice and <laughs> didn't you know have enough food in his stomach. Probably needed like a protein bar or something like that. And the best protein bar that you could find is a Celsius fast brand bar. Of course, uh, Celsius is the lead sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, and they also make these fast brand protein bars. The taste is delicious. It's like having a candy bar. They have two awesome flavors. It's the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. Uh, You got 20 grams of protein. It's the perfect little pick-me-up for if you're on the go and can't have breakfast, just have a fast brand bar. I had one today after practice was done as I was writing the uh, Bucks Training Camp Insider. Filled me over until I got home before this podcast. It's absolutely delicious, fantastic flavors, and uh, great use. You know, versatility. Again, we always talk about with Celsius and the Fast Brand. Have it for breakfast. Have it as, you know, a pre-workout meal. There's so many different ways to enjoy the Fast Brand. And make sure you go to Amazon and order them, and you could have it set Sent to your house, you know, every two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want. Um, just set it up there with the Fast Brand. And I'll show you guys on the screen. Here is the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel. That's the jam. Yes. Yeah. They're both <laughs> great. I had I had the I had the salted caramel uh, today after to. practice, uh, which we are about to talk about practice. We spent. You know, almost halfway through this show about uh, the saga after practice. Now we're going in reverse a a little bit to talk about practice itself. Before that, though, 
want to give a shout out and a huge thank you to Ted Curtis for the $5 super chat. He said, Matt, just want to say you've been doing a great job taking the lead on the pods. Death missed John, but your energy ability to keep the show on track is great with a thumbs up. Thank you so much, Ted, for those kind words. He actually had some kind words to say about Casey. He said, shout out to you too, Casey, and saying hello. Ted, thank you so much. You know what? We miss John too, but John's not on the show anymore, so we do the best that we can uh, without him. But we miss John too. Matt's killing it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're very kind with that. Very, very kind. A lot of people in the comments. And again, uh, you give us a super chat, we will make sure that we get to your super chat and answer it to the best of our abilities. And the Bucks were out on the field today. Oh, speaking of super chats, we got Leo in the building. Leo, thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, the way I see it, he chose Tampa two times over Miami. And to be honest, if he continues to play next season, I see him returning here. Thank you, Leo. That's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, he still made a decision to be here. So. Yeah. Uh, Someone just had a Keith says practice. You talking about practice? (laughs) Shaking my head. Shout out Alan Iverson. Of course, one of the most iconic uh, press conferences of all time. That's why press conferences are extremely important too. Sometimes people are like, why are you asking these questions stuff? You never know what kind of reaction you're going to get. Like, I still think of the Herm Edwards. Playoffs? You're talking about playoffs? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Every that's player has, like, their own little, like, it depends on their mood. How yeah. much you'll get or, like, what reactions you'll get. So, every day is different with pressers. Yeah. I take that back, though. Dick Vermeil was the one that said, playoffs? Playoffs? You're going to talk about the playoffs? Herm Edwards said, hello, you play to win the game. So, so had to make sure I got that right. Okay, now the actual training camp. It was day two with the pads on. Mm -hmm. Almost at a full week of uh, practices for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Leo with another $2 chat. But I did want to talk about Hainsey, so this is perfect. Uh, Leo said with the $2 super chat, Hainsey was rough today as well. Treader, of course, he's talking about J.C. Treader, who uh, is a, a free agent at the moment. I'm going to respectfully disagree and say that Hainsey was rough today he started out rough there was no question about that the mm-hmm. first running period session whatever you want to call it was a little tough uh the first play it was a botch snap exchange between Hainsey and Tom Brady it seemed like it was a little more the fault of of Hainsey mm-hmm. and then the immediate next play which really hurt was that he just got he completely yeah. just whiffed on blocking uh, Will Golston. Will Golston got right into the backfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, assistant coach, who also works with the offensive line, Goody, Harold Goodwin, I mean, reamed <laughs> Robert Hainsey in you front of everyone. Like, yeah. Yeah, you could hear from the parking lots across the street <laughs> of the Advent Health Center. Like, if you if you went to Raymond James Stadium, which, again, is also across the street, Couple you could have heard – you could uh, you could have heard Coach Goody. Um, yeah. So he definitely struggled in the beginning. However, and this is big credit to Robert Hainsey, and there's going to be a microscope on him from now until next season, hopefully earlier, by the time Ryan Jensen gets back. But we don't know yet. There was no update today with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be a microscope on him, and the coaches are going to be hard on him because of that. But – Later on, when they went to more one-on-ones, Robert Hainsey, again, who was having a tough day to start, it's like, hey, man, I know things have been 
rough, but now you're going to get to block Vita Vea one-on-one. Like, <laughs> good luck. And to his credit, he did a pretty good job. He held up Vita Vea upright. He got pushed back a little bit, but again, in a pass rushing situation, the quarterback can move a little bit. It wasn't wasn't bad by any means. And then they went to 11-on-11. He had another very good rep against Vita Vea. I think we're going to get a lot of peaks and valleys from now until you know the start of the regular season week one in September. But again, and we talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday, if you're blocking against Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks on a daily basis, I mean, it's almost like who cares who you're (laughs) going to be blocking against when you play the Cowboys in week one because you're going up against the best of the best right now. Absolutely. And I mean, again, everybody kind of has to take a step back and take into consideration the fact that this is Hainsey's third day with Tom Brady as the starting center, if you will. So there's, you know, you got to give him an acclimation period, whether we like it or not. And it brought, it came up today in pressers once more, Ryan Jensen, he's no typical dude shoes to fill. Like you're talking about one of the, one of the most epic centers out there because he's aggressive. He's got this chip on his shoulder. He's skilled. He's, you know, now he's had two years with Brady and and has that relationship, that understanding and that chemistry. So you're asking for a a guy who's in his second year in the NFL to step up to the stature of, of Ryan Jensen, you might need to give him more than three days. So yesterday he actually looked pretty good. Um, Coach Bowles even mentioned that he was motioning out well, that, you know, his smarts was coming into play in a lot of situations that they weren't concerned about anything as of yesterday. Today, he didn't start off on the highest note, no, and tomorrow's a brand new day in pads in day four with Tom Brady, and who knows, hopefully the there's been a time today in the midst of all this chaos where they got a chance to have a lot more of a conversation too, because Jensen and Brady, especially when, when Brady first signed on, there was a lot of communication there. Jensen had yeah. gotten into such depth about how often they were talking because they really just needed to build that chemistry and and that relationship and that understanding of one another. And something that Jensen said that has always sticked out to me is that it's also like the non-communication part. Like you just need to know what Tom wants and be prepared to deliver. And hainsey has got to get all the way there now. So Treader, I don't think that they're going to look at any vets, honestly, at least until they get through preseason game one, maybe even game two when they're away in Tennessee, because it is different playing home field versus playing away. So maybe after preseason game two, if Hainsey's still having some issues or not really getting it together, they might start looking at it. But in terms of bringing in a vet, paying for a vet and, you know, all of that, that's not their focus right now. Hainsey was brought in to be the successor of Ryan Jensen. And when Jensen was potentially out the door six months ago, it was about to be Hainsey's job. And that's what they're trying to stand firm in right now. He's got to learn. Yeah, I agree uh, on both points of that. They still have to develop Hainsey and and it's his job. Um, and I also agree that you have to at least let him play in a preseason game before you decide, okay, we kind of need to bring in someone else i will say i don't think you could let it go to a second preseason game though where you're like oh uh we need to make a change here because you gotta find that sweet spot or threading the needle of you need to figure out if you have hainsey but you don't want it to go too long where okay now you bring in a treader but now he's got to learn the playbook now he's got to get the chemistry with and he has Brady. No time. yeah exactly and he doesn't have enough time and Again, that first month of the schedule is really tough for uh, for the Bucs. So it's not even like one of those, all right, we can play with Hainsey for a bit until Treader gets ready to go. Right. Um, some people are saying that it's Jim Mora from the Colts. 
that uh, had the the playoffs one. I apologize about that. Uh, it was Jim Mora. And I also see some people, including JC. What up, JC? Uh, people are putting in their favorite quotes from press conferences. This is, uh, I believe, uh, Dennis Green when he's like, we are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. That was the, the Cardinals-Bears game or the Vikings-Bears games. I know he coached both teams. Uh, I saw another one in there, do your job. Um, <laughs> RIP Denny Green, by the way. Of course, we're on to Cincinnati, uh, the infamous uh, Bill Belichick quote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so keep putting in your uh, your favorite your favorite quotes, and we will make sure we get into that. Um, mm-hmm. We just talked about the offensive line, and we talked a lot about Tom Brady. But Casey, I thought overall the entire quarterback room was pretty good for the Bucks today. Like Brady is going to do Brady, and I thought yeah. he was flawless. I mean, there was at one point where he had multiple throws in a row that are all getting completed, and the only the only issue. The only drop really was the one like easy pass to Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette had a good practice, so I'm not, I'm not knocking, uh, I'm not knocking Leonard Fournette at all. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm just seeing all these comments. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> it's hard because though these are good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what did you think about? You can talk about Brady if if you'd like to. But I really thought like Kyle Trask was very on point today. Um, Gabbard actually pushed the ball down the field than he normally does. He kind of likes to check it down a lot more, but Trask was finding the end zone a lot. Um, Gabbard, I thought, did really well. Had that highlight touchdown to Julio Jones. Uh, what, it was a Gabbard did- day almost. Like, yeah, he just got a lot of the a lot of the fun that, or not fun, the exciting plays, the plays that got the fans like really involved. Um, or a lot of the Gabbert passes today. But yeah. I will say this, especially because I, I had to put something on Twitter. Um, and just so people know that just because I hate their school, I do respect athletes, period. Kyle <laughs> Trask is doing well, everybody. Um, you and I chatted about this a little bit on the sidelines because I was like, gosh, I it's it's been so venomous for me to have to like re- report good things to the guys that I've given so much crap about. But I will say one thing. I'm one person who honorably is OK with like being proven wrong. So Trask looked good. He definitely looks more decisive. He does look more confident. Um, if there was any kind of criticism I had to give him, it's just like more so cleaning up technique, but I mean, he has some time to get that done and hopefully we're going to see him get some, some snaps that can really add up to something. Everybody is a fan of Blaine Gabbert. He does no wrong when he's in the game, according to Scott Reynolds, he's he's ultimate QB. So as for the QB front, it was, it was great. They offense looked way better today than they did yesterday. Yesterday was a little touch and go. It just seemed like there was frustration and miscommunication and stuff. And even though <laughs> Coach Bowles didn't exactly agree with that uh, statement, he more so claims that the heat just kind of got to them in the middle of practice. So you did see them switch up the structure a little bit. He mentioned that they were taking longer water breaks. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they worked on special teams, the quarterbacks and some of the main players kind of went off to cool down and stuff and then come back in. But what was cool to see is, at one point I looked at you and I was like, Oh, you know, is Vaughn getting a lot more equivalent reps as, as Fournette?" So you're really starting to see this depth, the, the skill set throughout the depth be more consistent. So the reps are getting, are, are getting placed out amongst players. Players are really taking advantage of those opportunities. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, I haven't been a fan of his since he got here and he looks really good. Um, 
Tyler Johnson. Like, yes. do we talk about it? No, a hundred percent. We will talk about it because he does, deserves <laughs> a lot of credit. I did want to talk about the wide receivers in a moment, but you just mentioned Keyshawn Vaughn. I thought he was really good today, particularly in the passing game. I'll kind of bunch yep. the quarterbacks and and the running backs, or at least Keyshawn Vaughn together. Like some of Trask touchdowns, I thought he was great at going through his progressions, not forcing something, and then just finding mm-hmm. the open man. Who was Keyshawn Vaughn? He had two touchdowns in a row where one went to Rashad White and then one went to Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn then had another two plays where one, they were both like screen plays and short passes. One, it could have been a touchdown. It was one of those tough training camp things where it's like, would they have tackled him by the time he got to the end zone? Yeah. But the other one, Vaughn took it all the way like to the outside and got to give a shout out to Jalen Darden had a great block on Zion McCollum and it pretty much sprung Vaughn free to score the touchdown. So they were really working great in conjunction there. Um, Trask had another great throw. This wasn't even a touchdown, but it was about 20, 25 yards down the field Mm -hmm. to uh, rookie Jarrett Stearns. I thought that was a really impressive throw. And then Gabbert, too, throwing the ball down the field. We talked about the the Julio Jones touchdown. That was the highlight of the day with Jamel Dean in coverage, like right on him. It was just a great play by Julio Jones. And then to bring it back to Tyler Johnson, um, Gabbert had like a 30-yard pass across the middle that went to Tyler Johnson, and it was like a nice leaping catch. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And Johnson, to his credit, he had a touchdown at one point of practice, and then he had the last last play of practice. He scored a touchdown on the right-hand side of the end zone, and that was it. He he capped off practice with that. So Tyler Johnson – is putting together uh, two great practices since the pads have been on. And that's what we talked about, where Johnson was not mentioned a lot by really any of us over, you know, the summer up until training camp, not too much, a minicamp and everything like that. And I was saying yesterday, it's all about consistency with them. Because, Casey, there was times that he went off in training camp last year, but it it would just be one day and then it fell off and couldn't really get it back. Um He's kind of popping off again right now. It's just a matter of can he sustain it for the entire preseason and the regular season? I don't totally know yet, but I thought his press conference today, particularly when he was talking about um, like how he approached this this season, he said like a professional. And he Mm -hmm. said he really worked his butt off, got his body in shape, and gave a lot of credit to his trainers for, for getting him ready for this season. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you and I talked about after his presser was done is the fact that he came in and was like, I'm going to focus on the things that I can control and nothing else. And you really do see a, a, a focus on him. Not that he's ever been a talker or somebody who's tried to overly defend themselves, but, and, you know, I'll take full, full responsibility. I haven't been a fan of Tyler Johnson and I've kind of just been like, you know, just cut him at the ankles and release him. But he's coming in tip top shape and to build off of what you're saying, like, he would have a great day and then he would be off track the next day. Like it's been without the pads, he was having consistently good days. And now with the pads on, he's had back-to-back great days and something that everybody, you know, is obviously going to be paying close attention to when it comes to Tyler Johnson and his skill set and abilities. Can he start creating separation and, you know, manage those tight coverages so far he's doing pretty good. Um, He seems to be a lot more confident when it comes to going one-on-one or having those tight coverages. He doesn't seem to be so, 
you know, kind of like mentally frustrated or you're not seeing the mental errors or you're seeing the communication, maybe the veteran presence is different or he finally opened his mouth and asked the right questions. But you're seeing a different caliber to this player as of right now. And for his sake, I hope it continues for sure. But he did enter the press conference just very quiet, very humble, very mature. Um, just very much to the point, you know, and he, you could tell he knows what needs to be worked on. You could tell that there's a lot of eyes on him on whether or not he's going to produce or not. And he basically said like, he's got to get the job done this season. So he's fully aware. He is fully aware. And it's, again, it's one of those, he's looked good. Can he continue to do it? Cause that would be great for the bucks. And one thing that's great all the time is our new sponsor, the official beer of pewterreport.com, it is Pirate Republic. Uh, Pewter Report is excited to announce our exclusive partnership with Pirate Republic Brewing Company. Pirate Republic is now the official beer of Pewter Report, and it's such a natural fit. Based out of Nassau, Bahamas, Pirate Republic is now invading Florida just in time for football season, the best season around. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating in the spirit of the original pirate code, and that's a sense of belonging. The Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. The Take No Quarter is the best IPA that you'll drink. And drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy the pirate life. Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. And is it's expanding across the state of Florida. Live life on your terms and drink like a pirate, like a buccaneer, with Pirate Republic beer. Big, <laughs> big shout out to Pirate Republic beer for uh, sponsoring the Peter Report podcast. Very excited to have them on. And uh, I think it's going to be great things. Oh, we're actually matching. I got the got the yellow as well. The golden yeah, haze of piracy, the Belgian wit. Very excited. Yeah, very excited to have that. Um took more, me back to college real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, more exciting things that went on today, Casey. A little bit earlier in the practice, I know we talked about uh, the the running game and and just I thought the intensity was really ratcheted up a lot because we saw a couple of skirmishes here and there. You know, they got broken up tension. very quickly. So yeah, tension I think is the right word because it wasn't a fight. It wasn't like a long-standing thing. There wasn't extra whistles going on or anything like that. But we saw a little something something with uh, Luke Gedeke. And KJ Britt, so second-year guy in Britt, a first-year rookie in uh, Luke Gedeke. And then we saw some pushing and shoving. I guess Grant Stewart saw his fellow <laughs> linebacker from last year's draft. It's like, oh, if he's getting into something, I got to get into something too. So Grant yeah. Stewart got right in the face of Josh Wells, uh, backup offensive tackle, and they were pushing each other. I wouldn't necessarily say chippy, but as you said, Casey, the tension was rising. And maybe the heat had something to do with that because, let's remember, Goody chewing out uh, Hainsey. And then Tom Brady, who, again, also already in a bad mood because of, like, everything that just went on that we talked about earlier. There was a big play where, again, it was good on good, 11 on 11. Vita Vea makes a stop essentially at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield Mm -hmm. on Leonard Fournette. 
and Brady screamed. He said, we have to get more than one effing yard. Again, screamed it where you could hear it from across the parking lot at Raymond James Stadium and everything like that. But there was a couple moments where people kind of like really got after after each other. And um, you know what? As long as as everyone's okay and they're they're working towards getting better, I'm completely fine with this. It's going to happen from time to time. And sometimes you got to be put in your place a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's entertaining. And the funny part is, especially for us, like we have a job to do, but at, in those little script, like scruffy moments, you're kind of like, oh, here we go. I mean, that's also coming from a girl who's like a massive hockey fan. I love that they let them fight. So it was, Yeah. <laughs> I think we kind of saw the tempers flare a little early too, because when the first period comes about, and you have line versus line warming up and stuff against one another. There's not too much going on. We probably get a chance to get a few extra shots of, of the players uh, between Pewter and all of us that are there. We posted a lot of things yesterday. But yeah. that Luke Kadecki scruff got me got me hyped up. I want to see the glass eaters go at it with somebody, not their own teammate, preferably. But you got to see these guys really just kind of get fired up for the namesake of being a glass eater. So when I noticed that it said Gadecki on the back, I was like, Oh, where's this going? And then yeah. it simmered down. There's no blows. It's just like, you know, when you get a hold right. of somebody's jersey and you shake them a little bit or in, in yeah. Grant Stewart's case where you're looking up and he's looking down at you and then you kind of like, you know, fling them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Josh Wells and Grant Stewart, I don't know how that one was going to pan out. It, it was not as yeah. as exciting as Luke Gadecki. It, it, yeah, it, it was not. It Definitely the... The Gedeke and the Brit one was a, a little more uh, intense, I guess, if, you, if you're going to say. And I can't believe I'm not bringing this up until now. But, of course, joint practices are great because you're going against other teams. And the fact that the and the Bucks have two joint practices this year with two separate teams. But the fact that next week the Miami Dolphins come into town <laughs> after everything that happened today is just you know sometimes nice. you can't make the stuff up you you can't write a better script than this but the fact that the team Brady has been involved with behind the scenes is uh going to be right here in Tampa right here in Mistress Tampa Florida is coming to town yeah yeah it's, it's going to be right in your face like yeah exactly that's going to be kind of uh awkward at least for Tom um yeah. got a 199 super chat here from 179 CPV. Thank you so much for the 199 Super Chat. They said, how has JTS looked? Of course, they are uh, referencing Joe Tryon Shoinka. And you know what, Casey? I'm not going to freak out because it's only two days. Uh, (laughs) What is it, Jeremy Maguire, when he's like, I'm not going to freak out like everyone thinks I am. (laughs) Um. Him or Shaq Barrett haven't necessarily made like a big play yet. Right. I'm not worried about it. Brady gets the ball out quick. You can't hit the quarterback anyway. Tristan Wirfs is an all pro. Donovan Smith does not get the credit that he deserves. So JTS, didn't he have an interception one of the days I wasn't there? Um, fell short on me. Right. Okay. So yeah. maybe I maybe I'm just making stuff up <laughs> in my head and you know. I think that was like a close call, but I got called on on Twitter for saying almost. I'm like, I'm just trying to be descriptive, guys, but almost tweets are are gone for me. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, he's had his moments. I know a lot of people were freaking out, too, because of the video where he was going up against, uh, was it Mm Coquif? And they were saying that, like, a rookie shouldn't look like that against JTS and stuff. 
look, as soon as they start applying the pressure, they they kind of let off once they get anywhere near Tom Brady, obviously, because you can't touch the quarterback and it is yeah. just practice. And I'm sure a lot of these guys are still a little kind of shaken up after the Jensen thing happening so early in camp. Um, in terms of, you know, form and, and skill and health and stuff, I mean, JTS does look like he's he's rising up to the expectation of what we're all hoping that he's going to end up being a, a huge contributing factor on the outside here. Um, there's a couple of plays where he's punched through the line, but again, once he gets through, he just kind of calms down. He doesn't really make like any full contact or anything. As for Shaq Barrett though, he did have that one pressure play with Jamil Dean. Excuse Jamel. me. Guys. I just, Jamel. I hate Jamel. his name. I hate <laughs> his name. Dean. Yeah. Team. <laughs> Don't make a scene. Play. Don't make a scene over his name. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> There was this moment when Shaq Barrett and Dean really punched through the line and got to Tom Brady. You could tell that it pissed off Tom for a second. Um, so, yeah, you're seeing some some glimmers here uh, of what's going to go down. I will say this. Yesterday, I thought defense looked really good. Today, you know, you're seeing how I think we're starting to see how versatile this defense really is going to be. Um Cause you're seeing a lot of different, different movements in a sense of what they're going to contribute and yeah. the, like the conversations that take place after every play, that's something that I pay attention to. So today it's like after plays, if Carlton Davis, Levante David and Mike Edwards were out there, they would huddle in the corner of the field and have an immediate conversation and every press conference leading into training camp or throughout training camp so far, the guys have spoken about how this defense is only going to elevate due to how much more they plan to communicate because the skill set is so high over there. And you're seeing that being demonstrated like after every single play, there's communications. Levante David looks good. Yeah. I'm hyped for him this season. And hopefully the dynamic duo of 2020 coming back. Devin White promised me in pressers the other day that it was, and I'm holding him to it. Yeah. Levante looks pretty good he looks in shape quick he almost looked like he slimmed down a little bit maybe that's just me yeah. but 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 not in a bad way you know um <laughs> but i yeah I, I think levante has really looked good one last thing i want to say about joe trianchenka is again don't freak out about him and let's remember you know you go through like 60 whatever snaps a game for an edge rusher especially you can get stonewalled 59 of those times, but if you get one sack in a game, like it's considered that you had a pretty good game, depending on the scores and the assignments and everything like that. So just because Joe Trianchenko lost one rep to Co-Keefed, it's not the end of the world, okay? Joe Trianchenko could have won nine out of those 10 reps, but everyone sees that one rep on video, and, and that's yeah. what really uh, well, you know, gets advertised. And here's the other thing. I mean, look, Co'Keefe was brought in for, for a reason, and he's actually had a pretty good camp and stuff, but his strength was an attractive skill set. His blocking ability was an attractive skill set. So even though he's a rookie, you don't want you want to see him come in and succeed and do well. You don't want him to come in and be all over the place or not living up to the hype. I would say that Keith is living up to the hype, which is beneficial for the Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one more thing I want to talk about with, with the defense. And that is, I'm really liking the new additions to the team with Keanu Neal and, and Logan Ryan. Yeah. I really think they're going to do great things. Neal had a great hit today. I was I was in love with the running session to, to start practice today because I keep bringing it up. But Rashad <laughs> White ran the ball, got to the second level, and then wham, 
Neil just gave the gave the shoulder. It was one of those huge pops where everyone in the stands is like, whoa, you know, one yeah. of those that you don't always get as much anymore in training camp because they don't allow <laughs> hitting and like everything else in between. So Neil, I really think is gonna, you know, be that sledgehammer type of player for so the Bucks. Excited. Yeah, for the well, Bucks. after that play too, I tweeted. I was like, every time Neil gets on the field, you can hear it. Yes. You're like he hits. You can tell yeah. that Neil's out there. If you don't see him quite yet, if your eyes haven't registered that you're looking at number 22, you're going to hear that he's out there. And it started with that Rashad White hit. And then there was a few others after that. But you probably heard maybe like a solid three, four tackles out of the guy today. So um, and who did we ask during pressers about Neil too? Todd, Bowles. It, Todd Bowles spoke about him a lot. And Anton Winfield Jr. wasn't him. It would make sense. They play the same position, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> Trying to remember everything. Yeah, yeah, I know. It all does, like, bunch together. But I think the the whole defense is going to get a lot more turnovers this year. I'd be willing to bet on it, really. And the best place that you can go and bet on the NFL, which is right around the corner, I'm so excited, <laughs> is at mybookie.ag. We're getting so much closer. The whole fame game, I believe, is, uh, I think, this Thursday. I could be wrong. I mean, the Bucks have a game – not this weekend, but next weekend. But uh, it's coming up very soon. And, uh, of course, love my bookie. They got a lot going on. You can still bet on baseball right now. Uh, they have different things, run lines, money lines, first inning, no runs, different props. Uh, whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. Getting started is simple. You deposit up to $1,000 and play with $500 instantly. Just use the promo code PEWTER to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Go ahead today. Use that promo code PEWTER to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Promo code PEWTER. And, you know, that's where I love the prop bets. You could bet, you know, the over-unders. Uh, you could bet individually on players. You could do the spread itself. So, a lot of awesome things to bet on with mybookie.ag. Make sure you check them out. Let's get to some super chats here because we have two of them and want to make sure I answer them. One of them is from my main man, Matthew. Great name again. Thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, can't blame Brady for jumping if it was QB for Peyton and ownership or high up with uh mansion they are with the mansion they are building and we will be in salary cap hell soon i don't necessarily know if the bucks would be in salary cap hell just because i distinctly trust the whole front office that they got going there yeah. from jason light to uh jackie davis to mike greenberg uh you know they have some cat gurus there the fact they're able to re-sign everyone last year, the fact that they got a lot of people back this year, still able to sign players such as Julio Jones last minute. Um, I trust the Bucks are going to be able to get out of really whatever situation that they get in financially. And uh, we might have to talk to Josh Capo about that. Of course, our our own cap guru. Rusty cap guy. Yeah, but thank you, Matthew, for the $5 super chat. Uh, we do value your uh, opinions and thoughts. Uh, about, and concerned about the Bucks because you know you guys care. You love this team, so mm -hmm. you know we we know you guys care. Daniel with the four ninety nine super chat. Thank you so much, Daniel. He said, "How worried should we be about Hainsey at center? We kind of talked about this 
early in uh, in the show today, Casey, you hit it right on the head when it when it was all about develop him right now, see what you got in the first preseason game, and then let's reassess from there. And I truly <laughs> do think playing against Vita Vea every day, while it's going to kick your ass a lot of the time, it's going to make you way better for the regular season. There's no better fast-track learning program than going against Vita Vea and yeah. Yeah, you're essentially going on the King Daka or Space Mountain or you know all the all the different you know favorite roller coaster rides that that guy. Can I say something's really just really cheesy? Sure. Okay, if anybody should be pissed off and like use the whole Miami Dolphins thing as fuel, it should be Robert Hainsey going up against them in the preseason game, in the honor of like holding down his his center position, like he could just get all fired up over all of this and and really bring it to them now. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Good. Why not? Why not? Defend, uh, defend your guy's honor. You know, you might as well. Right. <laughs> you might as well, uh, you know, make sure that you're on the same side as Tom Brady and do everything you can to make him happy. One thing we didn't talk about yet with, with training camp, and I do want to mention it because it is part of the, the title of uh, the Bucks training camp insider. Bucks survived another scare on the offensive line. And yeah. this was crazy, Casey, because it, kind of just happened out of nowhere. Uh, Tristan Wirfs got carted off like towards the end of practice. And I don't know if it was one of those things where we're running up and down the sidelines mm-hmm. most of the time. So occasionally you miss something. But, you know, with something like a cart, it's a big thing. Like you see it <laughs> when it's out there. But I, I'll tell you, like, we missed it. I know Jenna Lane missed it. We were talking to some of the other, uh, you know, reporters out there. I, I, I'm not sure. And you've heard no fan reaction either. Like, yeah, nothing from nothing. the fan. I think only like Rick Stroud and uh, from Tampa Times, and I believe Kevin Greg O'Donnell Allman. from from Fox. Yeah, Greg Allman from the Athletic were like the only ones that. But there are a lot of that like, what? Tristan Wirfs? Are you kidding me? And then of course, like you, you don't see him out there, so. You're kind of, you know, concerned. King Cook says, what? Worse went down with a billion question marks and and frowny faces. Fear not, King Cook, though, because (laughs) it was just a cramp. Uh, We spoke to Todd Bowles after practice, and he confirmed it was just a cramp. He's fine. He's good to go. So don't need to worry uh, about that uh, from that standpoint. But He just needs a Gatorade, some liquid IV, and and a good night's rest, and he will be fine. Exactly. And I understand the concern because we've seen how the Bucks look with Tristan Wirfs isn't in there. And mm-hmm. that's not really a knock on the back. It's just, you know, it's an all pro tackle that's going to be here 10 years and go into the Bucks Ring of Honor, hopefully. Um, so, you know, you're talking about one of the best tackles, not just on your team, but, you know, in, in the entire league. And what makes him so great is, you know, he could pass block, he can run block, he could just. Such you know, dom- dominate people. He knocks them over kind of like a bowling ball hitting a bowling pin. And speaking of bowling, the best place to go and see that is at Pin Chasers, multiple different locations. You got East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, Veterans. There's one pretty close to the Advent Health Training Center. But Pin Chasers is more than just going to a bowling lane. It's an awesome night out with friends and family. They have different deals all the time, whether it's all you could eat pizza Dollar Miller Lights, all you could bowl, brunch on the weekends. And it's really damn hot right now. And Pin Chasers has the AC blasting, so you can go and stay inside 
not have to deal with all the heat and everything going on and just feel nice and fresh and relaxed at Pin Chasers. The food's underrated. Pizza's awesome. Chicken tendies, fantastic. Nachos, great. And, um, yeah, great night out with friends and family. You could book your kid's birthday party there. They got a video game area so the kids can bowl. They can play video games. Uh, do all the fun stuff at birthday parties. So go to pinchasers.net. See all the deals that they have because they're – is going to be a deal out there for you and their owner Anthony Peroni is a huge Bucks fan so you're supporting a fellow Bucks fan once more that's pinchasers.net you won't be disappointed Casey that was a lot that went on today whether it was Tom Brady and everything from the beginning of the show to training camp itself uh, yeah. there was a ton that really went on and you know we're going to be back at it again tomorrow uh yep. you know training camps no back breaks. yeah no all gas no breaks as robert Sala <laughs> likes to say uh, here is our podcast schedule coming up uh, all at 4 p.m again uh we'll be back on tomorrow wednesday august 3rd thursday there's no training camp practice so we're not doing the podcast we'll be back a day later on friday and then next week of course uh we'll do tuesday the mark cook tribute show and then Wednesday, Thursday, the joint practices between the Bucks and Dolphins, which, again, just got a little more intense uh, because of the, the, the Brady saga this afternoon. And then we'll be back on Saturday for Dolphins, Bucks-Dolphins postgame. So once again, that's uh, tomorrow and Friday for this week are the last two episodes of the show. And, you know, the games are coming up soon. Uh, I'm very, very excited for that. I also wanted to mention real quick, because uh, I forgot to bring it up on yesterday's show, and I apologize for that. But yesterday, it was Military Appreciation Day at uh, Bucks Training Camp. So just wanted to give a quick shout-out to all our men and women uh, serving in the military. Um, yes. You know, huge amount of love and respect for uh, for everyone in the military and all they do to keep our uh, our country free and safe. And, you know, can't thank them enough for for all that they do. I love those fly-ins. Yeah. And then I guess like, so one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to for preseason game one, and I know a couple of people keep asking about it in the chat and stuff is like the development of Julio Jones and, and Kyle Rudolph. I mean, these guys, they're, you could tell that they're probably working overtime to get caught up on the system and stuff. Cause they look pretty good. Kyle Rudolph has had a lot of great receptions so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of what he'll be able to bring to this team and how he'll be able to alleviate. And more importantly, Cam Bray looks pretty good. So this tight end room is starting to develop into something that I know we were all hoping it would develop into without Rob Gronkowski, but mm. for Bucks fans that have still been concerned about the tight end room, so far so good. It looks like it's in good hands. I think that a lot should be said behind the fact that Kyle Rudolph has not really got to play with the best quarterback in the league or, or anyone up to that caliber. So after every play, it's not even a joke. He said that he would stick to Tom Brady like a fly, and he does go up to him after every play asking questions, or he's walking off the field with him asking questions. His veteran maintenance day the other day, he came out there and was with the tight end group and just communicating, communicating, communicating. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do, and of course, preseason game one where we see how quickly or how acclimated they actually are with this playbook and these new teammates that they have. Um, Cameron Brake looks healthy. 
I'm actually excited for what he'll do. You guys got to remember that he was a workhorse for this team when Jameis Winston was his quarterback. And some of the plays that he made happen and the games that he kept the Bucks in are things to highly keep in consideration. Um, I'm pretty much almost 100% that I that a friend made aware to me that he was playing through a back injury last season. Um, so I'm really glad that he looks good. And then Julio Jones, I mean – Every quarterback loves throwing to this guy. And the comments the past couple of days in press conferences describing Julio Jones have been so notable. My favorite my favorite is still going to be Carlton Davis saying that he looks like a tight end and he runs like Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, that, okay. yeah, that that was really good. Um, I'm glad you brought up the tight ends because you're, you're a, absolutely right, 100% correct, that uh, Cam Bray, I thought, was – awesome today he caught a couple of touchdowns he did his camp rate stuff being a factor uh, in the red zone rudolph starting to who also is known as rudolph the red zone reindeer um he's starting he's starting to pick it up too and let's remember he just signed with the bucks like two days before before training so you know it's gonna take him a little bit of time julio again like nothing crazy down the field but like I just said, he signed one day before tra- training camp. Didn't even practice the first day of training camp. The day of. Yeah, exactly, because that's when he signed. So, you know, how he looks right now is not going to be the same how he looks at the end of August. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic about it. Another thing I wanted to say, outside of Tom Brady and Mike Evans, Julio gets, like, the loudest applause from the fans. Yeah, Like, they go crazy for Julio Jones. Every catch, no matter how big or small, it's just like – it's the Julio Jones show. And somebody mentioned that they're a little concerned that Julio might be getting um, hyped up a little bit. It's not the fact that it's Julio Jones and he's functional and he's making plays. It's the fact that like, we kind of have to start steering away from the healthy, not healthy conversation. He's healthy. He's doing well at camp. He's getting up to speed with the playbook. So, so far it is a big deal because you're not getting this lemon. I think last season it was just painful how many veteran lemons this team kept picking up or, you know, they would come in and do something for one game and then fall off for games after that. So not to hype up Julio Jones. The excitement is the fact that he looks good. He looks healthy. The speed is there. The hands are there. Now, as as soon as he knows this playbook more dialed in, that's going to be amazing. And there seems to be a pretty kind of non-forced chemistry already building between him and Tom Brady. So that's the hype of it. One guy that might get a little bit more or more yells for every little thing that he does, you guys go hard for Scotty Miller. I mean, I literally tweeted Scotty Miller had a nice day and it just went off the Richter scale. But Scotty Miller is doing very well, guys. He wasn't looking too hot last week. It looked like the pressure was getting to him. I I wasn't expecting him to put on pads and and perform. And let's not forget, I am a dedicated Scotty Miller fan. Um, But when the pads came on, he turned it up. So he looked great yesterday. And um, maybe not as much hype today, but still looked good, pretty consistent and on on quality catches. So, Yeah, uh, he made a couple catches today, so definitely good there. Just want to remind everyone again to please like and subscribe our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. If you like the podcast and the clips we put up, the po- uh, the, the press conferences as well, it'll all be on Pewter Report TV. Just lets you know, gives you a heads up when we have new content out. It's absolutely free. So do us a favor, please like and subscribe. Before we leave, too, we have a late, last-second super chat from Brit's Casual Toy Reviews, but $10 super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Britt says, 
Do y'all think because of the injury to Jensen, TB12 plays at least one series in the preseason game against Miami to get accustomed to Hainsey? Brady played a little bit in the preseason last year, so I definitely think he's going to play um, at some point. The competitor in him is going to want to play, and I think it's important to get get everything down with Hainsey. So I definitely think that he will play at some point. Will it necessarily be – the Dolphins, I don't know. It would make more sense because that's a home game when the other two games for the Bucks is on the road in Tennessee and Indy. So maybe because it's the one home game, they'd be more inclined to play him there. But I think he'll play at some point. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, but he'll be in there. Definitely not a lot. But I, I think preseason game, like game one, he'll play because kind of like what we touched on in the beginning of – this show is that that preseason game is going to be huge for Robert Hainsey because they got to figure out, can he, can he cut it or not? Cause if not, they yeah. got to move on. So in order to know that though, you kind of have to have more of a game speed simulation to know, is he really going to rise to the occasion? Can him and Tom, Tom Brady work together? Or does Tom need somebody else under at, at center? So I would definitely say game one is going to answer a lot of questions. They don't really have time to waste and that's a prime opportunity. And also, you know, at Raymond James stadium, why else? Why not? And before we wrap up, shout out to the pewter fans that we have been seeing at training camp or that have been like coming and saying hello. If you guys are screaming from the bleachers and like we don't see you, it's because we have sweat in our eyes and we're actually half blind out there, whether we have sunglasses on or not. But we love and appreciate you guys so, so much. And if you do get a chance to come say hi, come say hi. Yeah, please do. Love interacting with the pewter people and fans of Peter Report. And we'll be interacting with everyone again tomorrow at training camp and tomorrow's show at 4 p.m. So for K. Huddy, Casey Hudson, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everyone for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. <laughs>